Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, Adam. Hi. How's everybody doing? I don't know how everybody's doing. I hope they are doing good. <laughs> That's a good, honest question, uh, answer there. How are you doing? I'm doing swell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super. How about you? Uh, I'm doing well. I swung by Renee's birthday party last night at Belucho, and it was really weird and nice and amazing to see everybody sitting outside, and there was a singer singing, and... Uh, I just forgot what it was like to be around everybody, you know, like so nice. I think I would have cried. Yeah, I was it was emotional. Like I, I I got there and I was standing off to the side and I had my mask on so nobody knew who I was and the singer was singing and I like walked over and said hi to Renee and then, you know, everybody was saying hi and uh, a lot of our friends were there, a lot of our students and just regular community people and Nice. It was crazy. Oh, man. Nice. And, yeah, I just chatted with some different people for a while, and then I was like, all right, I better get out of here. It'll be too easy to <laughs> forget. You know, one of our um, one of our students, I forget her name right now, she asked, you know, do you want to sit and have a glass of wine? And I was like, no, if I get, to, I don't want to get too comfortable. Hmm. You know. I see what you mean. Because I could see that it was seeming a little, that people were getting comfortable. And that's fine. You know, if it, whoever's comfortable well, exactly. with that is fine. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But everybody, and also, like, the minute you have a little bit of something to drink, mm -hmm. it's easier to feel comfortable with things. Yeah. And with my tolerance level these days, that would be very easy. <laughs> Yep, yep. So, I stayed for about 10 minutes and then, I, and then I left and rode the bike home. How is the bike right there? Which neighborhood is in Falucho? Falucho is in um, Williamsburg. Okay. And that's like, uh, you had said, 25, 30-minute bike ride? Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's just such perfect weather these days for bike rides, no? Not daytime. Yeah. Like I mean, even during the day, it's not so bad anymore. But at night, it's just it's nice. Just got to watch out and be careful with the traffic. But yeah, okay. other than that. Annabelle yeah. Troilo is in the house. Who knew? Who knew Annabelle Troilo was in the house? <laughs> what was his nickname? Pichuco? No. Pichuco, yeah. Yeah. So what did you I'm learn this week try, in your music maybe. class? Oh my god, I learned the... So we were continuing with the rubatos and stuff, but um, and we got into music history a little bit, and it was really interesting to learn that until the beginning of 17th century, which makes sense, you know, there was a... If you went from one country to the other, a key would sound differently, because the way they would tune things was different from one country to the other. So uh, by 
beginning of 17th century, they um, decided like, okay, we're going to make this universal. And it became that like a key sound, a, for example, A would sound exactly the same wherever you went to play. Because mm -hmm. imagine like you play a certain way and now you travel to play somewhere else and you get your instrument and it's tuned completely different to give different sounds. Yeah. Um, I had never thought about that. So that was like a little I had never cool known that either. Um, <laughs> and then apparently in the celebration of this, Bach did his uh, 24 preludes and fugues uh, that he has. And it was apparently in... Anyway, we got, we got a little off course and <laughs> we talked about this stuff, which was really nice actually. Because um, we were talking about like different eras in music uh, and we were chatting about like how it's most of the stuff we hear is tonal music and before that it's something else and then after that there was some atonal music stuff. But anyway, then we jumped into signatures and that's where I am right now finally understand all this 2x4, 4x4, 3x4, like I can hear it in tango, mm -hmm. but now I know what it actually means. And like 6x8 versus 3x4, it's just uh, the way it's written. And now I'm trying to hear that. So I'm like, was listening to three hours of music after the lesson yesterday. I was so inspired. And I was picking songs from completely different genres, and then I was take, like listening and then making a note if I think it's a 4x4 four four or a 6x8 and like, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and it's like you don't have to hear it. Apparently some of the professional musicians don't even hear it or know why sometimes a song is written a certain signature, but um, it's really cool. To understand the ideas behind it and um, it makes total sense now so do you um, want to brief explain the time signatures yeah yeah I wanted to know what um, what how the music feels different and why you think they would choose to use different time signatures for different well that's uh, yeah pieces. that's uh, I harder question to answer because I think that I will understand more the more I get into things. But you've but taken it's... one whole class on this, Chico. You should be an expert by now. <laughs> no, that's why like, I decided I'm going to do a second class this week because mm -hmm. after listening three hours of music, I want to now like, sit down and listen to the stuff with Emiliano and like go over what I thought I heard. Um, and then yeah. like, I pull out tango and I like it's so easy to like identify tango for me uh, within that. But Wait, what do you mean? Like, well, tango is basically two by four, four by four, or three by four. And we mm -hmm. know three by four is false because there is three beats. Basically what it is is like how many beats there is in each measure mm -hmm. and the way it's written. So, and four at the bottom means it's a quarter note. And the three above it means there's three quarter notes in a measure. Mm -hmm. So when it's four by four, there's four quarter notes in a measure. So, and then when it's 
6 over 8, it means there is, it's about 8th note, and it means there is 6 8th notes in a measure. So it's oh, okay. Faster. So it speeds up the tempo. It's, it's, so yeah. But it's also, you're hearing it in like, when it's 2 by 4, you really do hear the 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 2. The rhythmic bass is like, uh, you hear the rhythm a certain way. And now when it's like 6 by 8, you hear the, like you're counting 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. Um, it's really interesting. Did he give you, did you guys listen? I mean, you said you were listening to music afterward. Were you sampling music during the lesson to give you a, a little sample? bit, a little bit, yeah. We did a few samples to here and then, like, that's why I was like, I need a homework. Like, I need to find out what I hear. So he was like, okay, try to find, like, three samples in the eight. And you're not meter. looking just in tango, you're looking at any music. That any music, music. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because I'm listening to some music that is not tango, and I'm like, when I discover it's a four by four, it's um, like some of it is stuff that is not tango that we dance tango to. It makes so much more sense now how that <laughs> works. Yeah. It's uh, really cool. I, it got me excited. Like, I've always wanted to understand this. And mm -hmm. I think I knew it at one point in life. Uh, since, like, I did play stuff growing up. And then in school, in primary school, we were taught how to read music. And everybody played one instrument. I played the mandolin, and my brother played the flute. Um, but I had complete, I forgot everything I know. So it's sort of neat. So, uh, wait, I thought, is Vols 3-4 or is it 3-3? Three, 3-4. Three? Three, so there's, there's a silent three beat? There's three beats in a measure. But there's a silent beat? No. That's why it's called a 3-4. You don't have four beats in the measure. You have three beats in the measure. So when, That's how we teach it. Yeah, but what is the four on the bottom meaning in? That's a means three quarter notes. Four is a four means quarter. Okay, note. so I'm thinking of it like fractions, and that's not correct. No, that's not. That's where it was <laughs> fucking me up confused. too. And okay. then when he said there is nine over eight and twelve over eight, I'm like, what? What is no, that? Sir, that is um, a whole number. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going Actually, on? Actually, nine here? over eight, what I believe, would be one and one eight, sir. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. What an idiot. Like, Hold on, there needs to be a like logical explanation to all these fractions. <laughs> and God, I didn't even realize it. that's why I was getting confused all these years. Like I know like a part of me knows this because like you said, growing up studying music and playing music, I knew this and then yeah, I would still look at it like a fraction and be like, why am I so, yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, that, and I would, I was going like, why is 6 over 8 is not the same as 3 over 4? They're in the same family, uh, in a way, or like, you know, but uh, mm -hmm. anyway, it's, it's sort of cool. I yeah. have more to talk about it with you later. It's really neat.
there's uh, lots of fun, fun facts. That yeah, I'm speaking of too. like having more questions, I the longer I was doing this Horacio workshops the last uh, June and July, towards the end they started to have a lot more questions about. Because um, first you have to sort of learn the concepts and learn what the heck he's talking about, and then mm -hmm. as you listen to more music. You start to hear the different things, and then it starts to get confusing. Like, you know, what is the first melody? What is the second melody? How do I yeah. differentiate? Because some music, they start with the second melody. Like Troila does that a lot, as we discussed on this show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then, and then uh, some well, people don't have phrases in eight. You know, like you were showing me with that one song we listened to the other day. That it's like six. six yeah, or that's ten. crazy. Yeah. It's really neat. So and I'm also, like, well, hmm. yeah. And then like, sorry, not to interrupt. Like, just to compliment what you were talking about. I was talking to Puja today, and she's doing the Horacio uh, classes right now. And she's like, I understand the concepts, and I it's very clear in the songs he picks and shares. And the but then I go and pick a song myself, and then I listen, and I'm like, get all confused, like hmm. trying mm -hmm. to break it down the same way. Uh -oh. Yeah, whenever I do that, I always go back to like a Darienzo song, like mm. from the 30s. So I'll listen to things like more complex and more layered, and then I'll be, I'll get really thrown off, and then I'll go back to like something really basic and just to like re-identify. Okay, this is the main melody. This is a bridge. This is in four, and then I'll I'll like work my way slowly up to like 1941 and think, okay, this is in two. And this is, and then again, I go back to like the 50s or 60s where the music's much more complex, and then I'm just, I, I try to use that as a reference, I guess. I see. It mm. makes sense. I, because uh, I'm comparing a lot of things to Darianza too when we were talking about rubatos, and I'm like, that doesn't exist in Darianza, and he's like, no. Or like, um, we were talking, oh, one other fun fact was that 85% of tango music, he was saying, is written in minor instead of major mm. and that's why like tango songs always feel so melancholic and like sad and um, and Buscandote apparently is written in major but it still fucking sounds sad or like dreamy interesting and so I was like, how about Darianzo? Because he doesn't sound like that. And he said, no, he's an exception. Like, he has stuff in minor, but he does play in the major as well. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that either. That's cool. Yeah, that's really neat. We need to start studying more with Emiliano, everybody. Emiliano. Yes, that is very interesting. Poof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's so good at breaking down stuff and super, like patient he's very <laughs> I mean it's it's also like we're going with the flow like we jumped from because I was so stuck on signature stuff that we just like jumped into it out of nowhere all of a sudden and um, now we have to dig ourselves out of that um, I actually speaking of all this stuff Maxfield is going to be calling us in a moment, and I have questions for him about music. But me that too. just reminded me, did Maxfield ever send us the music he wanted us to play? No, I don't think so. I didn't because see I can't play so. it now. I'm guessing that he's uh, going to just play live music. 
for because us. Because I don't have it downloaded, and I'm using my computer for this program. So, Maxfield, if you want to call us, we can try to sort that out. Yeah, if you send it to me right Maxfield. now, I can probably download it and put it on my phone real quick before or we, I can we won't tell anybody that's what we're doing. You know, I could also keep it on the DL. <laughs> Maxfield! Can you hear me now? Yes. I can hear you now. Sound like hey, how are you guys doing? Good, how are Wonderful. you doing? I'm great. I decided to play it all live. Oh, okay. Even better. <laughs> I had tracks, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Nah. Yeah. Wonderful. Because um, actually several weeks ago, somebody had sent us a song, and I I don't... So in this new reality, emails every day anymore because I don't need to, and time is just a blur and a construct, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we had the show a few weeks ago, and a young lady was going to play, and she also wanted us to play one of her pieces, and I realized I had forgotten to, to just get all that arranged. But I managed to do so while we were on the live, so it wouldn't You're have been impossible. You're good with that stuff, Adam. I'm okay. So Max has some fans out there. Joanne wrote, yay, Max. Oh, hey, Joanne. How you doing? <laughs> Good to hear. How are you guys doing? I guess I, I tuned in a couple of weeks ago when, when my duo partner, Amy, was, was talking. So that was fun. Yeah. I got to say hi to you guys. But, you know, has your life changed dramatically since then? I know everything moves so fast. <laughs> it's, um, uh... No, it's, uh, believe it or not, it's not much has changed. I don't know why. Things tend to be the sort of uh, the same right now. What do you mean? The phone's just not ringing, you know, sarcastic. like the way it used to. The work is not coming in the way it used to. I can't really put my finger on why. Um, I think it's something I might have done or posted on Facebook. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like I alienated the whole world, and now they're afraid to touch me. <laughs> yeah, it's all about you, Adam. All of us are touching one another. It is very here. good to hear your voices. I will say that. Uh, yours too, man. It's really, really nice, and I'm so excited. We haven't had a cellist in the show, uh, as you can imagine. I don't think there's many of you that play tango, at least that we know of. Um, oh, yeah. What is your experience with that, Maxfield? Have you encountered a lot of cellists in tango? A lot of, well, you know, it's it's cool um, because it's been, it's an instrument that's been in tango for a hundred plus years, you know, as a part largely of larger string sections um, in orchestras and things. And so it has a long history, but it's not an often sung history. Um, Jose Bragato is mm -hmm. easily the most famous cellist um, going back to the, can you hear me? Yeah. It's a little okay. Good. It, that, it's that's a little better. in the background. You just did yeah. Sounds more direct. Now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Yeah, this sounds okay. much better. I think my internet's just being silly. But uh, anyway, so Jose Bragato, um, going back, he comes out of Troilo's orchestra some in the in the 40s and 50s. He was a very close friend of Piazzolla's and played with various orchestras, you know, all through the last several decades. Has some of his own compositions, his own um, recordings. Uh, was in, in various sort of famous groups. So he would be the most known name of a cellist. And in fact, he was actually in charge of Piazzolla's estate when he died um, in a lot of a lot of his Oh, Piazzolla's yeah. estate? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. In, in certain ways. Um, so definitely, like, cello's been there. Um, I think 
in recent years, it's definitely been a part of a lot of orchestras. It's what's great about cello for me is it's so um, versatile in terms of what it can do in tango. I there aren't a lot of cello teachers or cellists to study with, um, mm -hmm. but we all study with uh, bassists and violinists, and we get to do all of those things. I get to play. I study like bass articulations and play a lot of bass lines. Often in my orchestra in DC, I don't have a bassist. Um, so uh -huh. I'm, I'm responsible for a lot of that. Um, but I can also play very high. I can play very um, vocal lines. Um, so I really get to do everything, which is That's nice great. for me. You know. Wow. So, so was there something you really need, like, uh, since we're both like learning a lot more about music, uh, and we're talking to a lot of musicians, it seems they all like when they come from a different type of music that they've been playing different genre and then into tango, there's always like a little learning curve because of the things aren't written, the arrangements doesn't really necessarily show Absolutely. the details of tango music or the well, nuances. Absolutely. There's a massive learning curve for anyone, you know, as you learn a tango aesthetic, whether it's, it's dancing or anything else. It's taken me, I've been playing tango, I started in, when I was in music school in college, for over 10 years now, and I still mm -hmm. feel like I'm learning, like, a lot about particular ways of, of feeling a certain style or a certain orchestra or how to use those elements to build something in a contemporary sound or, you know, figure out mm -hmm. what I want to do with a certain certain piece you know so definitely and, yeah and so obviously your training is classical right yeah yeah I grew up um, you know playing classical cello um, uh, in Wisconsin and sort of in, in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis um, was my musical home and I went to um, you know just a big classical music school um, Indiana mm -hmm. uh, which uh, at the time, was the I think the largest music school in the country, um, and uh, you know, folks in when I lived in around New York weren't hadn't always heard of it, but we did at that time also outrank all of the New York music. It's not that it's a big deal; it's all subjective. I'm sorry, I can't hear you too yeah, well. Yeah, you you're you're much more in the back right now. Oh, I was making fun of New Yorkers for not knowing that Indiana outranked all of their music schools at the time I was there. Uh, you want to say that loud and clear, man. I yeah, do want exactly. To say that <laughs> Not that I get bogged down in those things. Not a big deal. Uh, did, we what, meet, um, did we originally meet you in New York, or did we meet you close to Indiana, like in Minnesota? Or uh, I think you. I met you guys in New York. Okay. Um, I first heard about you when I was still living in Madison um, during okay. grad school. Um, I had done a festival there with Homer and Christina Laras and then Quarteto Tanguero, and it had been an all-live music festival. All workshops had live music. I see. Um, and then I think some folks from Minneapolis thought that sounded like fun, and they told me that you guys were really fun. So Yeah, we uh, went to I the Mini Madness in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ben and Bogart and a ben few Bogart. of... Uh, other instruments exactly uh, musicians. Yeah. yeah yeah and then um a couple years later i was living in 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 long island and uh that's when i started to get to know you guys a little bit so what do you prefer because i know like 
you have concertos, you have symphonies, you have all these different um, types of, of arrangements. What are your favorites? Do you have a favorite or in tango or in music or no in classical music? Um, I I always have been a, a I like chamber music, so you know trios, quartets, quintets, sextets, and that was to me when I found tango, it was the extension of that process of not sitting in a big group of people and doing what a dude with a stick told you to do, but like working together mm -hmm. and sort of feeling a group vibe and really discussing how you wanted to do something and then sharing that. Mm -hmm. So as somebody who doesn't know anything about this, which I'm talking about myself here, um, chamber <laughs> music is more like intimate, it's smaller groups, whereas like uh, concerto, yeah. symphonies, sonatas are all played by orchestras. Right. Well, a sonata would be chamber music because that's usually okay. like two people or one person. Um, but okay. chamber music in a classical context refers to any small ensemble, basically. What's the largest it can be? A quartet? Or... Oh, that's a philosophical debate for people in orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> Which philosophy do you go by? <laughs> I don't care because I don't like a group that large either way. <laughs> oh man, I don't. I I just remembered. I'm sorry. My mind jumped to the day that when you were moving to DC. I think that we all were wore max masks at Tango Cafe. So that was a big, big ensemble of Maxfield. That was pretty funny. That was, yes, I remember I was playing with Stratos. Just, um, yes. he's, we put that together just to play like about 15 minutes as a goodbye, we'll miss you all. And Stratos just lost it. And I'm like trying to, it's just two people. So if someone loses it, you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> and more, more than me being in trouble, the dancers are in trouble because like there's no beat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm -hmm. And he's, he's like losing it, like trying to like, jostle me or something while holding his accordion and I'm you know busy trying to play I don't know whatever <laughs> song I was trying to play and finally I look up and yeah the entire room everyone was holding up masks of my face it's got to be one of the most surreal experiences of my life so thank you for that and thank you to Alice who organized that <laughs> oh yep. my god yeah that was fun we did that on two other occasions once with Bat Johnson and once with Robin Thomas and also ah. with Sabina, actually. Did we do a Sabina too? Yeah, but yeah. that was a more not at a milonga. It was at my um, house. It was a Thanksgiving or something she couldn't mm. make. So we just like, oh, it was different though. We had a blow up Sabina doll. That was a different. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it classy. <laughs> we kept it classy for that one. <laughs> Wow. So you're staying busy um, in DC. In, you're in the DC area. You're staying busy playing with people uh, since you left New York. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been here for a little over five years now, which sounds crazy. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It still feels like, you know, I was in. Uh, you should be dancing and. But uh, yeah, no, five years, and in that time, uh, put together, we have the Capo Tango Orchestra, which is my orchestra. I basically have two projects. Um, and so the Capo's the big one, and it's evolved. You know, the question of when is it a chamber ensemble, when is it an orchestra, definitely the threshold for orchestra in tango is much smaller in terms of numbers. Um, <laughs> but uh, we started as a quartet, 
and um, evolved into, you know, Amy Solera, who is uh, my duo partner, and we can talk about the duo as well, which is what's happening more during quarantine. Yeah, oh, hey, cool. Um, You know, she was originally actually our pianist. Um, She's she's that uh, diversified musician, and her band and own playing sort of took off both in, in terms of how amazing she was and in her sort of personal intensity for it. So she moved over to that. We had two bandoneons along with Brett Lemley and we welcomed uh, Valerie Higgs as our pianist. And um, we've grown from there. And, you know, it was really becoming in the last year before quarantine more of um, uh, music in this country has changed so much, tango music. Um, mm-hmm. With the summer festivals and the networking, there are a lot of really phenomenal... Uh, string players and other musicians. Um, so we were moving towards bringing in those people, performing slightly less often, but making a whole day out of it, looking at what is tango music going back 100 years and now. How can we present some of that in a concert form, in classes, mm. and in a really beautiful malanga? Nice. And so that was really fun. And I was trending just very much towards these large gatherings together, which was great. People would come in from, you know, New York, Toronto, Chicago, all around, but um, we'll get back to that. So that's the Decapo yeah. concept. Yeah, and definitely. And then Amy, of course, I've gotten to know in that time, and and a couple of weeks ago we talked a lot about the the duo Arco Iade, and that's yeah. really been, I have been like totally demotivated on, you know, groupthink and the my, you know, Decapo world in the recent times, but thankfully Amy has this just extraordinary energy and, and, and drive, and she's been keeping me sane, playing like really good music, just, just the two of us <laughs> in a way that makes, makes, That's makes health that sense for the world and things. And so we're really looking forward to an EP of a couple songs uh, we recorded coming out this nice. fall, um, produced by Daniel Stein, uh, just one of the best and most unknown tango violinists and producers mm. in the world. And then, um, and then we'll we'll be working on a larger album of all new music, um, really neat commissions from great people coming out. That's great. In the next year or two, as as the pieces are written. So. Did you guys start playing uh, in person anywhere in DC? Like there are some uh, events going on in New York, like outdoor seating at a restaurant, maybe places where. People used to run events, but now like it's just live tango music, and it brings some people together. That's a good question. Casually. We haven't. We haven't done that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we haven't done that publicly. Um, we have played some live virtual concerts um, together <laughs> in a safe fashion, um, but uh, that's sort of where things are, you know, at the moment. We're very conscientious of these things. Yeah. yeah. Of course. It's good. Well, why don't we start off with, uh, with some music, sir? Well, sure. I can probably play you some music. Um, I'm going to slightly adjust which headphones I'm using now. Okay. Um, okay. I think I'll get You're a better allowed. sound. I'm Me? loud. Well, well. <laughs> You're allowed. Oh, I'm You're allowed. allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed. <Yeah. laughs> Chico, when you were learning English, how long did that take you to figure out? Allowed versus loud. Loud and allowed. I, that didn't take that long. What's hard is ball, balls versus balls. I still can't What's say the that difference? well. 
Bowls versus balls. Balls versus bowls. Oh, balls, balls versus bowls. Oh. Bowls. See, I still haven't figured it out. I really have a hard time with that. And there is one more thing like that that is... Uh, like, like I keep my tennis balls, balls in a bowl. Like, uh, this is a funny one. Crutch versus crutches. Because I Crutch once in a class crutches. I said, yeah, it's like you have... Instead of saying crutches, I said, it's like you're, you have crutches. <laughs> and this person looked at me, uh, what do you mean? I do have a crutch. <laughs> oh, I see what you're going for. <laughs> do you uh, I still can't uh -huh. distinguish saying Like an ah versus an o sound. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Well, on that note, you guys, I've tuned in. I missed the beginning of what you were talking about because I was trying to get everything in order here. Um, but you were talking about the feeling of minor keys. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to play a song that's one of the most well-known sort of dancing tangos. Because cello isn't fundamentally a solo. As much as I was talking about I get to play every part and participate in everything in the orchestra, it's not really a solo instrument in the same way as a bandoneon or a piano or a guitar that can play more than one note at once. Mm -hmm. um, so particularly it's hard to, I can't, keep a rhythm easily while I also play a song, right? Um, so I've chosen a song that's very rhythmic, um, so it'll be able to maintain that sense in a, in a solo way. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a really interesting song in terms of keys because it switches between major and minor, between ah, G major okay. and G minor. But the major part is not at all um, wistful. I would say it has more drive than, the minor part has more energetic drive than the major part. And I'll play an excerpt of both of those before I play the whole thing, just so you okay. can hear how that is. Now, of course, a lot of any feeling has to do with how you play it. Mm -hmm. um, so before I even play the song I'm about to play, let's take the example of um, Nostalgias. You mm -hmm. can play the main melody very dramatically sadly in a minor way. Right, very that minor sort of feeling of angst, mm -hmm. right? However, the same arrangement might then take that and turn it on it turn it on its head and play it in a way that almost sounds positive. upbeat yeah you know and tango of course has this manic way of switching between those two things so uh -huh. <laughs> the song <laughs> the song i'm actually going to play for you in full is uh, nueve de julio and the main theme of nueve de julio is minor and minor is where you feel that's what defines minor, those first three notes largely. Uh -huh. um, so I'll play you an excerpt of the main theme. So can you still hear me? Yeah, very well. Okay, so you can hear, um, so you can hear that uh, energy. Uh, did we lose it? Oh. Very rhythmic, very straightforward, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Um, and it, it almost sounds, I mean, there's a sort of a different kind of intensity to it, but uh, it has that, that rhythmic feeling. Now, later on, one of the sections is minor, uh, is, is actually in the major, but it slows down a lot. And this mm -hmm. is where we can get very, um, uh, lethargic is the wrong word, but a lot smoother and more, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> So it's interesting so there. Is that a major? Is that, that was in major. major? Yeah. yeah. That was in major. Yeah. Interesting how that can feel. Anyway, so with that in mind, uh, I think I'll just go ahead and play my solo All right. version. Cool. Cool. That was really awesome to share, though, man. I yeah, really thank that. you. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, We're yeah. going to mute ourselves, not you, us. <laughs> Play, like, figure out how to play the whole 
piece as a soloist when normally you would only be playing certain parts, correct? As a, most of our Right, guys. yeah, I mean, mostly, yeah, I focused on the melody there mm -hmm. uh, because the melody covers a lot of what else is going on sort right. of uniquely in that tango. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was cool. And I guess that's, pe people can associate with the song if they know it. Mm -hmm. Right. March, if you're more on the melody track. It's right. really cool. The Betty soon at the I, end, uh, is that something you would normally play? It's something normally I would give my violinist. Right. <laughs> so were you... And then, and then I might play along with them just to make a point about cellos, but, you know, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's more of an ego <laughs> issue than, than a quality arranging issue. <laughs> I have another question for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know how easy this is to demonstrate, but I'm also learning about rubatos. Sure. And would you be able to play a phrase of something where, like, you don't play any rubato and then play it with rubato? Sure. Um, let's see. Well, I was earlier, I was playing, I played the opening of Nostalgias, basically. <laughs> both of those ways. So we had the staccato, the separate note version of that, mm -hmm. um, which generally doesn't have rubato when you're using that sort of an articulation. Um, versus, uh, that's a very famously rubatoed melody, um, which mm -hmm. would often have... It's really cool. Yeah, and in tango, there's a particular way that a melody is often rubatoed, which is to, um, it's called fraseo or phrasing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's to sort of, when you have four eighth notes, you guys were talking about sort of eighth notes and quarter notes and things earlier. Mm -hmm. When you have four eighth notes, say, or, those are eighth notes as well, but we're on mm -hmm. nostalgias right now. Inst uh, instead of playing them equally, you would uh, linger a certain amount, uh, typically on the second eighth note, and then catch up on the last two. And you'll find mm -hmm. variants. There are a lot of named, we could get much more into the weeds of the different ways of doing that variations on that melody, on that rhythm, mm -hmm. all over um, tango phrasing. It's mm -hmm. interesting because that same concept of a quick note followed by a long note followed by two quick notes is also one of the fundamental rhythmic components of an accompaniment in tango, mm -hmm. uh, what musicians call the syncopa. Mm -hmm. um, it's got the same kind of feel of lingering on the second note and then landing again uh, when you get to the middle of the measure, huh. but used really in very cool. different ways. Yeah. Really cool. So as a musician, when you started dancing, you were of course hearing all these layers very easily, but how easy was it to get your body to <laughs> like, <laughs> learn to relate? Because it's like, or move alone and then like move with someone else. This. That's a great question. I think I've always been a fairly 
uh, outgoing sort of physical person, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't necessarily constrained by nervousness in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I started dancing and playing tango within a week of the same time. Uh, oh, wow. I was okay. a, I was a junior in college and at Indiana, and there was a large, um, at the time, Latin American popular music institute there. Mm-hmm. And there was a particularly large amount of tango happening in that semester. And I figured out I could get out of orchestra by joining the Latin American ensemble. Um, <laughs> again, you, yes. So, um, and I, I thought tango was cool. I always, whatever I knew of it, which was mostly Piazzolla. And so I, I joined that ensemble, and there was some other tango happening in the in the community at that time, and they needed a cellist, so they sort of recruited me because they, you always have to have someone invested in tango to play in your group, otherwise, you know. Uh-huh. And the thing is, they were all about ten years older from me and way less from Wisconsin. Uh, they were Argentinian, Uruguayan, Brazilian, you know, different kinds of history, and they were. I didn't know the aesthetic or any part of tango particularly and they said uh go to dance go to the dance classes at the dance club the tango argentine tango club in indiana and mm-hmm. i said great sounds great fine cool um and I, <laughs> I love it yeah no problem with that and i think uh, because i was around a lot of other like beginners and newer dancers at that time i did i again didn't feel intimidated by anyone or anything that was particularly overwhelming. I thought the music was interesting, not exactly like anything I'd heard before. Um, But growing up as a cellist, you spend a lot of time playing rhythmic bass lines and really wishing you played the pretty melodies, because you can. And (laughs) tango, and so whenever you get one, you go way over the top. And tango is really a combination of of nifty rhythmic bass lines and way over the top melodies. Um, So it really clicked for me. Nice. Um, And in that in that year, I think I was I was 20 years old. And there was this tango festival that happened with uh, about two months after I joined this group. Um, and so I turned 21 the last night of the tango festival. And so for my 21st, birth- 21st birthday, um, Pablo Ziegler, Pedro Geraldo, um, Hector Del Corto were all there. And they all played me happy birthday tango variations while I danced nice. around the floor with... Um, <laughs> Fernanda Gee, awesome. like putting her legs up at various directions, which none of which I could see because I was dancing. But uh, it was a complete, like, insane initiation for this like little kid from Wisconsin, you know. And I was, I, I think I didn't know it at the time, but uh, my life was over in terms in a non-tango way at that point. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that'll that'll hook you. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's cool. But. Then I moved to Wisconsin with the idea of, uh, for grad school um, with a teacher there. I was very tense, and the teacher there was a, a movement specialist in Feldenkrais and other things. And I had this idea that I would just really practice scales for two years and then go back to playing tango. Um, but obviously, I missed it too much. So I started my first tango group there, a trio. And uh, if you don't mind, I thought I would play one of the songs that I used to play a long time ago. Yes, please. Um, And this song has a lot of rubato. This is an excerpt. This is certainly not something I would play for dancers, but definitely like one of my favorite melodies ever written and unequivocally tango um, and has been for a long time. Uh, Many will recognize it. This is some Piazzolla, Milonga del Angel. And oh, for this, I recorded a backing track of myself. 
Uh, so we'll see how well that comes through on the, uh, the phone cool. here. Cool. We appreciate the extra effort. <laughs> idea how that comes yeah, through no, so no, it's, how was the balance amazing. the balance was perfect good yeah, yeah. wonderful i want to perform to that as you <laughs> playing solo i oh love i God, love that melody so it's beautiful. always been with me yes yeah. Yeah. um so i actually i made that little backing track honestly very early in the quarantine so i was feeling extremely melancholy mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm going to go with that word, because it was April, and why not? Um, and <laughs> I sort of wallowed in that for a while. I was very, I was feeling very alone. I had just uh, at the end of March finished like a seven-year relationship, and that, all those things. You know, it was very 2020. Jeez, but you know, life went on. It, it, it got, shit. it got a little, it got a little sunnier. And I figured that I should probably play on a milonga that was a little bit more upbeat. Um, and uh, so, with your permission, I would I would love to play another milonga for you. Yes. Uh, this is a piece I first played. I first played this in New York with Stratos. Um, I hadn't performed it before or studied it particularly. Um, and of course, one of the the great things that happened to me while I was living in New York was meeting our our dear friend Stratos. And um, 
he used to we used to sing this with him and with, this is one of the ones um, he he of course is the singer for our orchestra here de capo and he comes uh, when he sing, comes down I always make him sing this whether or not he wants to because it's one of my favorites <laughs> um, I just love dancing to it too um, so uh, to hear this is another one I recorded uh, a backing track for because I felt like I needed to offer a little bit more sunlight to the world speaking of the difference it's still in minor you know, oh, wow. uh, but uh, this has got a little more pep to it. So this is Silhouette Porteña. like the change from April to now for yeah. you too. <laughs> you know, it's it's a hard year for all of us. You know, we have our, our communities that are close by, our, our, our dance, the people we hug um, every week when we go to dance and we hug when we play. And then we have the things that we look forward to um, every year. You know, the festivals, the, you know, I work a lot with the, the Toronto Tangero Workshop and 
and working with Julian Peralta and our friends from Argentina, and we all come together. And we're missing all of those things right now. Um, mm -hmm. But it is definitely wonderful to be able to connect with people, um, you know, in this way through the podcast, um, through Zoom, through anything that we can. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, you yeah. put that. I don't know you, where I was going well, with no, that. You put it I'm really saying, well. Like but, last you know. night, I briefly swung by a, an outdoor birthday party that a woman was running, and and it's, it's at a restaurant that we used to dance at on Tuesdays. And sh there was live music last night. There was a singer with like some background music, but um, just that whole feeling of showing up to an event where everybody just sees you and says hi, and they say hi to each other, and you know everybody feels like a star and amongst one another. You know, like. Everybody who shows up, it's like, hey, yeah. have you been? Oh, it's so good to see you. And, and that just disappearing back in March and, and not really. I feel like um, we're not going to really notice all of the things, at least I speak for myself, that have been missing mm -hmm. until we get them back. Like last night was like a little glimpse. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, every night I used to go out and just be amongst lovely people large groups of lovely people right. and we would all drink yeah. and be merry and dance and, and listen to tango and, and like what better way to spend the past 16 years of my life, you know, on a daily basis and, yeah. and, uh, and for all of us and, and to have that go away and, and so suddenly and then, uh, and yeah, it's like, we're all getting by and we're all getting through it. And I think for the most part, everybody's doing well, but once we get it back, I think yeah. we really notice like the culture shock of how, how, how interesting it's been to not have it, but um, but you yeah. put it really well. Like we're It'll... doing our best to keep together through Zoom and through podcasting and through. I'm seeing so many people and more and been... more reaching out on on through Facebook. You know, I'm seeing it advertised on Facebook, but everybody seems to be interviewing other people now and having little programs with people sharing music and ideas and, and stories. And I think it's just really great. Yeah, there's yes. been a lot of interesting, inspiring stuff going on that's like i mean of all the things that stopped there's also been a lot of inspiring new projects that you see around and it's really yeah. cool definitely i do want to mention um can you still hear mm -hmm. me yeah good okay i do want to mention long before this i did have a radio show that needs a shout out oh yeah um uh, every thursday uh, here in D.C. on Tacoma Radio uh, with Phil Jones, my co-host. He's a he's the dance teacher. I'm the, the music. That's sort of how we we vibe it. Um, but we have a great time. We really it's really a music show. Um, but you can stream it on Podbean by searching for Bienvenido al Tango, and All you can right, find cool. a cache of a couple years worth of shows, listening to a lot of music. Sometimes we really talk in depth about the the music. Other times we just talk about how it makes us feel, and I think that's both of those are relevant to any conversation. Yeah, oh, that's really I cool. love that. I need a new uh, show to listen to, mm -hmm. so I will <laughs> well, like put that up. Come hang out with me and Phil, and if you don't mind my asking, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. Uh, so hopefully, we can. yeah, yeah that'd be great. That would that be out. really I'll, I'll fun. To find room on Absolutely. My <laughs> Marcelo's been on several times. <laughs> Marcelo's been on, but in person. That was back when we could go into the studio. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll make it great. And then, of course, I have to give uh, the the big project that I am working on right now, as I mentioned earlier, is working with with Amy Solera on Arco y Aire. So she would love it if you would uh, follow us, either Amy Solera or look up Arco y Aire on the YouTube and Facebooks. 
and, and I posted uh, all that really on the music that's Facebook event, guys, too. If anybody's yes. looking for the links are there uh, for today's event. Cool. Well, so, thank you so yeah. much, Maxfield, for so, joining us and sharing that was your first thank you for inviting me. to appear on the show. And uh, it's our six-month anniversary tonight. I forgot to mention that. So it's been an honor to... Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, it is. Well, it's congratulations. Like, is it yeah. wonderful? <laughs> that's fair. Like, yeah. I kind of want to yeah. say, like, yeah, first and hopefully our last. But, I, like, I don't want to sound negative. But, like, all I really want to do is get back to normal. But then I'm like, no, you're. it's great, too. Yeah. There are... <laughs> there are a couple other really great tango cellists, um, especially in the younger generation of uh, musicians coming up um, in Argentina and around the world right now. So keep an eye out. I actually, on the radio show, I had Jacqueline O'Rourke, um, who's uh, from Buenos Aires and plays in Astigero. I talked to her a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to know more about the tango cello life, um, yes. I will talk at nauseum about it. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so right, thank much. You guys. Thanks again, so also generous for showing us and make, having us hear different nuances. Yeah, that was really fun. awesome and great music. Great music. Great choices. Thank you. Bye bye. 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 Thank you. Wow, that cool. was cool. That was that was amazing. So we have. I'm so energized now. We're fucked. <laughs> well, it's perfect because Tammy's gonna call us soon, and uh, I have a lot of interesting questions. Oh, there she is! Because I wanna, I wanna know what. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Ad Hi Adam. Hi, Chico. Hi, everyone out there in podcast land. <laughs> so everybody listening. And happy anniversary! Oh, thank happy thank anniversary! You. I'm celebrating six months because I'm really, 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 really hoping we don't make it to a year. <laughs> So this was like when we started this project, as you know, Tammy, too, we were like, well, we started doing this thing and we thought it would be a month or something. Tops two months. We weren't like prepared to be uh, running a show like this. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true. That's true. But, uh, you know, it's a great thing to have under your belt. So now, you know. If, when the studio opens, if ever we ever have a snow day or anything, you can you can do the podcast again when people can't come out and get to the studio. So that's always good as well. It's true. You know? it's true. So I want to introduce for our listeners. This is uh, our wonderful. I don't know. Boss is the right word, but she owns the dance studio. You should be dancing here in New York City, and um, I still remember. And your name is Tammy. That's that's part of the introduction. I, I don't want to forget. And I still remember the first time we met <laughs> in uh, Studio Fronts. We had a little meeting about, you know, we were coming over from Empire Dance. And we had our right. little meeting. And, and you were basically like, what do you guys want? What can we do for you? <laughs> like, you know, what works for the studio, of course. Um, and we, it just seemed... Because I'd spoken to like a few other studios who I don't need to name, but it was like you guys just seemed the most relaxed, the most open about our ideas and, and us coming to you with ideas and, and not trying to put us into some sort of curriculum or, or anything like that. And I I really appreciated that and also giving us a lot of time to develop our, our program because it did not... I, mean, I remember in the beginning we had some pretty full classes, but you know, like with any... And, you know, dance classes in general, they're hard to keep that way. Um, they kind of like peak and, and drop. And 
anyway, you gave us a lot of time to develop our program, and so I appreciate that a yeah. lot. Uh, you and Charlie. Well, you know, when you see people or meet people that you can really work with, um, who you know have a passion for what they do and are very, very talented, it's hard to just say, you know, come work with me, teach this curriculum, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, you have to give people the freedom to um, express themselves. And I think that's what makes um, instructors and entertainers happy, you know, if they're doing something that they love in a way that, that they want to do it. So, you know, I'm so lucky that I met you guys and you know, we fell into each other's laps and that, you know, we've been able to have a relationship for this long, 20 years, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. about probably. Um, before we continue, because this is our official five questions segment and I have a few more, a lot of questions to ask. I have to play you our, our five <laughs> yeah, me questions too. theme song. And you have to guess who's singing. Five questions. Five questions. I have to guess who's singing this. Who's, who's, no, who's uh, talking in the background saying five questions? Uh, Adam? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that Johnson. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Adam, my play goodness. it again. You know what? Yeah. That does sound like him. Play it again. Hold on. Let me back it up. Okay. Uh, you know, that sounds just like him. <laughs> when the early days of all of this was happening, I was getting more, um, like nowadays, I'm just kind of like, I'm reading a lot more and I'm, I'm kind of vegging out. But in the early days of, of being home and stuff, I was, I was, I don't know, I, was, I wanted to learn about like sound and video and computer more because I don't really use it. And so I was editing and doing all these stupid, silly things. And that was one thing I put together uh, for this show, like little um, sound clips to, to add in for fun. And it was a surprise to me. <laughs> very cool. So, no, I like it. I like it. So what's well, the five well, questions? There's probably more than five, but you brought up, um, it's interesting how you worded the teachers as also being entertainers. And I, I like that because I'm just curious, your concept of running a school, because it is a school, but you also allow, like we said, a lot of creative freedom. So um what is the concept behind your, what is your vision you and charlie the vision of you should be dancing in terms of how you want the the, the teachers to engage the students in the community as well as to develop their and, and this might be like a really long question sorry but or maybe like was there a different way that you started and envisioned and how it's changed over the years too well um so when I started out in dancing, um, I worked at a Fred Astaire type studio. And when I moved to the city and, um, you know, I'll tell this story here. There was a time I was supposed to work for someone else when I moved into the city and that didn't pan out. And I remember Charlie and I had just moved in together and uh, maybe TMI, but, you know, we were sitting watching TV, you know, um, and he said, you know, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And I told him, I said, I would, I would open up my own dance studio 
and I would run it the way I would want to run it because I came from such um, a background that um, I don't want to say it, it wasn't stifling. I mean, I I love dance and stuff like that, but it really didn't give you much personality. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there were. Um, of course, there are rules and regulations to to running a studio, but um, it, it it was a little harsh, in, mm -hmm. in my in my opinion. And I just wanted to run something where, if possible, <laughs> you know, everyone is happy. You know, I get to meet people who have a vision for what they want to do, because I had a I was in a small segment of the ballroom world. You know, I wasn't into Argentine tango. I wasn't into some of these, um, you know, I didn't know enough about it. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's really hard to, um, put in a container and tell someone exactly what to do when that's not your specialty. So, you know, you have to put yourself in touch with really great people and, you know, give them the ball to run with it and and hope that they figure it out and you give them all the support that they need and together try to figure out a program that works that keeps them happy, you know, year after year um, and keeps the studio vibrant. I mean, my, mm. my goal for the studio is to have people come in and think it's their, their little clubhouse. Um, and, you know, we want it to be people's happy place. And I know sometimes when it gets really, really busy, you know, at the studio, you know, you say a quick hi and kind of push them off to where they should go. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, in the end, you know, I want everyone, you know, once they enter that room or their lesson to feel like, oh, I belong here. This is some place I belong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, that that was my vision to make it um you know, less, um, less stuffy, more open, uh, for interpretation and to really put myself in the path of really great people and great dancers and, and great entertainers. You know, sometimes you can have the world's best dancer and it does, it does nothing for the atmosphere or the personality mm -hmm. of, a, of a studio just to have someone teach steps. You know, you have to be, you have to be personable. You have to like what you're doing. You have to make, you have to inspire other people. I guess being inspiring is, yeah. mm -hmm. is one of the main things. And if you're not happy, you're not going to inspire others to do well or to take That's something true. up or to stick with something. So it's being happy so that you can inspire others to be happy as well. I think that's yeah. it. That's a great way to put that's it. That's the great way to put it. And it's also like just having the vision where you thought of every teacher that you're going to work with, like you said, having their own way of like creating their system creating what they want to build together with the studio that also makes every experience the students are going to have with each different teacher is going to be different which is really nice too so there's yeah, no, a lot more variety yeah no two classes are the same no two teacher personalities are the same and uh you know i do give you know maybe a little bit more creative you know, uh, 
license, I guess, to to teachers. You know, we try to come up with, you know, with a plan of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You know, um, you know, but give them a little bit more more leeway and not um, structure them so much that, you know, that no joy comes out of it for them. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so, so you, want, you want everyone to learn and to keep growing. I guess I want everyone to keep growing as well. Chico, yeah, do you want I to tell her? I know what you're going to tell. You, what? <laughs> you tell her. <laughs> no, no. I knew you were going to go there, though. <laughs> so this is how, first of all, it's amazing that, you know, you gave us, and every I think everybody that you've come in to work with over the years, you give a lot of trust to the teachers. Uh, and one of the earliest things that happened was uh, you asked us to design a flyer that you guys were going to print out for us. And Chico made a, a joke flyer that said, and this was back when we were teaching beginner, intermediate, and advanced classes on Wednesday. And the beginner class was called, like, Walking the Moose. And the intermediate class was Taming the something. And then the, they were, like, really. And then the last one was Slapping the something Big really Shirt. Something really horrible. Like, it was really <laughs> out there. And she made this flyer as a joke, and then she made a real flyer. And she was like, I hope I don't send the wrong flyer to Tammy and Charlie. And then she did. And then you guys printed like <laughs> 400 or something of them. And we could not believe it. And I asked Charlie at one point, I'm like, Charlie, why did you guys print this? And he said, well, if this is the language your students speak, who, who am I to tell them? <laughs> like, I don't know what your people are, are into or, or what sells to your kind of, what your tango, because like you said, you don't really know tango. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> That was Can hilarious. I do that, not remember that. that I can't have, believe I do not remember Charlie that. Charlie might have taken the lead on that one then, but I just because I, I yeah. remember I had the conversation with him afterwards. I was like, "Did you guys not realize this was a mistake?" And he was like, "Well, this is what you sent us." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Adam came up with the names. I mean, we were—I was cracking up. He was like, "Well, this should be that." That should, and we were laughing and like. I better send the right flyer. Yeah, I don't even... That's hysterical. You know, he probably never told it to me. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even remember because I definitely did not prove that. I probably would have said, well, what does this actually mean? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> well, do you guys remember go-cards? They were postcards that used to be put in uh, places of business. Um, probably in... 2000, you know, 1999, 2000, when we opened up 2001. But there were postcards that used to be put in the business, and you would pick them up. They were advertising, mm -hmm. and they used to have go-card racks. And one of our first go-cards go was um, this postcard that was supposed to say, I mean, everyone's okay here, right? <laughs> it was supposed to say, like, get off your ass, but it said, get off your, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever, you know, little symbols or whatever, and, you know, come learn to dance. And people thought that was racy then, too. So, hey, you know, I mean, we didn't say, we didn't print the word, but, you know, it, it was it was intended. So, you know, sometimes you got to catch people's attention. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's what he was thinking. He goes, hey, you know, who knows? Maybe he's trying, maybe they're trying to maybe catch someone's the attention. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you try everything once, and if it doesn't work, you just let it, you know, slip down the drain with the water and whatever sticks, you know, you keep going with. 
that's a good way to put it. That works. Um, so what you just said that you know your dream was to st- to start the studio when Charlie asked you and um, what did you want to do something in Midtown? Was that was that where you envisioned it? Well, actually, I had I had taught dance, um, you know, before I moved to New York uh, to be with Charlie, and I was supposed to get a job running another studio again that somehow did not pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, Charlie is the one who, um, you know, I mean, I guess I had a dream, and uh, he had, uh, you know some some green stashed away you know for <laughs> for something <laughs> so you know i mean that that was that was how it you know both of us bring something different to the business obviously but he was the one who made my dream come true you know by being able to um you know to front it so you know, actually we looked at a ton of different spaces uh you know for a dance studio and it was really really hard to find a large space without columns and you know something you know you could afford and something you could build out and I mean even back then this was in 1999 mm-hmm. and actually I used to take the train into the city and one day I took the train into the city you know to meet to meet Charlie and there was a for rent sign you know on the building you know space for rent so that's how that all happened. Wow. You know, so again, we looked at a lot of different places, but we ended up there. The landlord, you know, it was a handshake deal. We met. Yes, he was just, you know, tearing everything out of the building. He had just bought the building. And actually, the building used to be um, a brothel. And then it was Oh, vacant. really? Yes. And then it was vacant for a number of years. Yeah. If you ever go down in the, into the basement, I think they've still kept some of the shag carpeting on the walls in the basement wow. where they store How stuff. How did I not oh know god. this before? Oh my god. It's so appropriate for us all. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we were actually the first tenants in that building. Wow. So, uh, we have a long, yeah, we have a long history there with that building and of course you know we all want more space and bigger rooms but uh you know finding it is is tough finding it is tough and moving sometimes is even tougher so you know did it start with both sides of the studio or does it start with one side of the studio actually just one side so um the other side where the a party room is was not even there yet the blarney stone next door was only a two-story building oh my god <laughs> and when we rented he said you know i'm buying you know i'm looking to buy the blarney stone next door it was oh my god it was it was a terrible place oh terrible so and he said he wanted to build up so about um a year after uh, we rented, he actually did end up buying the Blarney Stone and then he built up, up oh, wow. to, you know, the seven floors. Um, so we had, you know, one year of total construction with them, you know, jackhammering through the brick wall oh, into God. the other building and adding it in. So we had about two years of just one side. And then mm. after the other side was built, then we took over the other side. So again, when we first rented there, that that was only a two-story building and the landlord built up and the neighborhood is completely and changing now also I mean it's been changing slowly but uh, before this COVID hit 
I felt like within the next year we were going to see completely different buildings across the street. Well, with the High Line growing and all that area. But then too, the Hudson Yards yeah. coming in, it seems like uh, there's exactly. big plans for that That's area. Exactly, That's what I mean. Yeah. What was the. Yeah, you know. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, we always hoped that that area would build up and. Um, Matt, you just joined. Sorry, I was in mid mid uh, sentence here, but we listened to your song, <laughs> a five question song. So nice to see that you've joined. Um, what was your question? What the heck was I saying? I don't know. Ask me your question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was not a good question. Forget it, Tammy. It wasn't a good question. Hi, folks. How are you? Hello, Bat Bat. Every, everything sounds very strange. What do you mean? Uh, I don't hear myself, and <laughs> Adam is <laughs> and Adam is very very distant. But continue the conversation because I have to find out where you guys are. I don't know what you're talking about. Interesting. Uh, I wonder if anybody I'm else so, is having to me. trouble hearing us. No, you sound totally fine. Okay, Adam. Yeah. Now you're. Mm. You're nice and loud now, Adam. All right. Well, Bat developed a drug problem in the past few months. I'm, 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 I'm yeah, he's, 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 he's emailing us like one sentence emails, one after the other, which developed. makes no sense. Yeah, but I've 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 always had a mental problem, you know. Okay. So, well, my next question was because I had no idea about. I know about the the history of the the buildings and then and then um i know ricardo's been around and robert's been around and dragon's been around for a very long time um what was the school like in the early days what sort of programs did you have and what were the fashionable dances back then i mean what was uh yeah in the evening like at night what kind of parties were happening Oh, God. By the way, before you start, some of these clicking their pen, I think. So I'm going to ask that if that's happening to you guys. Do you guys hear that clicking sound? I yes, did. I did. I did. Okay. Okay. So maybe it's Podbean is clicking on my ear. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, Tammy. <laughs> no, Sometimes that's okay. We have technical uh, sound problems. So just wanting to check. So actually, um, what a lot of people don't realize is I actually knew Ricardo before I knew Charlie. Ricardo and I worked together um, at a studio in New Jersey uh, before I moved to the city. So I've actually known Ricardo longer. I knew Ricardo when he first came uh, came here, I think, to New York, hmm. uh, to New Jersey, New York. Um, but the big dance really was swing. Swing was the big thing. Swing and salsa, mm -hmm. both of those, you know, it, they've always been our big thing. But that was the main thing when we first opened. And pretty much when we first opened, it was myself and Ricardo um, and this girl, Laura, uh, who uh, was a friend of both Charlie's and myself um, from New Jersey. So she was one of our teachers as as well. So it started out with the three of us. And then shortly after that, uh, June Maruda, another swing dancer, came in, as did Robert, as did Dragon. Um, and we used to have weekly dances on a Saturday. And we would have one room that would be 
you know, a mix of everything. And after a while, the other room was swing. And we used to have live bands. We used to have live swing bands every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we used to have that going on. And they used to call our parties, you should be drinking, because I used to get a keg. (laughs) 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 So I used to offer free alcohol. So I always had a keg of beer. Um, I used to set up a little bar behind the table, and I I used to make mojitos for everyone. Um, We would buy empanadas. Uh, So, yeah, they used to call it, you should be drinking. And... The one amazing thing I found out about people in New York is they do not, they, apparently many of them did not go to college and they did not know that you have to have to pump a beer keg in order to get the beer out. It was <laughs> amazing to me how many people thought the beer keg was empty and didn't know how to get it out. So that's, that's hilarious. That, that was one of my main, you know, surprises. Well, I hope you'll be happy to know that we have not let you down they're still drinking on Wednesdays and first Saturdays. And we still have, yeah, we still give alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all good. That's all good. I'm all for it, honestly, but, you know, hey. That's so funny. <laughs> so, Amazing. So the- and you taught mainly swing or were you teaching Latin? I taught, I taught everything. Everything okay. except for Argentine tango. And I did not teach West Coast swing at either at the time. So um, I ended up uh, I ended up hiring a West Coast swing teacher shortly after. And I don't know why I can't remember who it is, but I'm sure it'll come as soon as this podcast ends. (laughs) (laughs) Four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) That's right. Oh, yeah. Why couldn't I think of that person's name? That's terrible. Um, But whoever they are, they're no longer with us, I'm sorry to say. So I don't know. (laughs) How how was your encounter with Argentine tango? Um, Good question. Thanks, Pat. Did you hear that, Adam? It's a good question. question. I got a great question from Max, and yeah. Well, the studio that I used to work at um, in New Jersey really did not do Argentine tango. And I remember um, in the late 90s, all of the uh, tango shows were starting in New York City. Hmm. Uh, You know, the forever tangos and stuff stuff like that so um that was really my first really seeing i guess high-end argentine argentine tango Mm -hmm. and uh um i we didn't have it at the time and i think actually reba came to me like walked in off the street and said (laughs) you guys should be you guys should be teaching argentine tango and i should start a program for you Okay. So I, I think well, that's is that actually, how you met her? That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. So um, yeah. So that's how. That's pretty much how that happened. Yeah. So just to give a background thing, Reba used to own Empire Dance, where Adam and I started teaching for the first time, and, and started learning. Tango Cafe, and then learning tango. And when she closed this uh, through her recommendation. We met Tammy and Charlie. Yeah, I don't even know if we would have thought of contacting you guys. We were, we reached out our, I think like I, 
I heard of you guys, but I heard of Dance Manhattan and Dance Sport because we'd been going there for tango events. So those mm-hmm. were the first two that came to my mind, and um, neither one of them to work with seemed the most appealing for what I wanted to do. And I think the nights didn't line up. And, and like going back to the beginning of our conversation, once we once Reba pointed us to you guys and we had our meeting, I was like, well, this sounds great. Like they're yeah. giving us the freedom and I think, to Adam, do At the beginning, you and Robin were both out of the country and I ended up meeting Tammy and Charlie without uh, you guys. Yeah, I think that's correct. And we were, then, we, like when I told you guys, we were excited because it just seemed like within like I didn't know the other studios as well, but the fact that it was cozy and welcoming and seemed like what Tammy you were talking about, like you wanted that to be uh, people's like party house or mm-hmm. you know, and it, it really had that vibe to me. I do remember. Well, I mean, yeah, I remember now, Chico, you saying like, that. Like, mm-hmm. no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just remember being. I was in Berlin, and I remember her contacting me. I remember Reba contacting all of us saying we're closing and you know most of us weren't even there and we're like oh god and then she goes you know shortly after saying I met with this woman Tammy and she said it was great and I just felt kind of a relief of course that we might have another place to, to go even though we weren't like really making any living yeah I was <laughs> off Tango Wood. Like, I was okay. relieved because I was relieved because you I was relieved because you should be dancing had nicer and cleaner bathrooms Everybody oh my god. Literally <laughs> 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 I remember yeah, Empire people, had uh Frankie's people were extremely happy when they when he moved to to You Should Be Dancing because Empire's bathrooms were, were so bad and all of his people, you know, they changed in the in before and after class and I remember that was a big selling point for for them. <laughs> right. <laughs> well you know were, were I used to like, be in, They I were unigender, from, no? Yeah, they were they were well you know i mean i used to spend so much time there you know i used to you know when i opened up you do everything yourself so i would go in at eight o'clock in the morning i would clean the studio before we opened up at noon and then ricardo and i would be all there all day so if there were any walk-ins or anything you know we would teach we set up the schedules um you know so when you spend a lot of time someplace you want it nice, you know, you want it like your house or like your, your baby, like your little clubhouse, you know, and over years, you know, there's a little bit of wear and tear, but I try to still keep it as best I can with as many people that come in and out now, you know, it's, it's a beautiful easier. studio. Well, every well, year, thank you. Thank every you. year you're improving it. And, and a lot of students comment, like Norma always notice, notices and, and several yeah. other students, especially they'll come in and they'll be like, Oh, she's always, you know, it, painting or, or fixing this or putting flowers in or you know it's it's a really like uh, you still show the the passion for and, it and she matches the darndest weirdest things i came in one night tammy had a purse a pair of shoes <laughs> and a stapler that all matched <laughs> what, the <heck? laughs> what the heck is going on here do you remember well, that like, tammy it's my secret talent, Bat. My secret talent, <laughs> <laughs> making well, everything that's... match. <laughs> that was so strange. Right. You know what it is, Bat? You own enough shit. <laughs> you know, 
how once in a while things all just come together. <laughs> yeah, well, that came together for sure. I don't think you even noticed that. You know, I probably I probably didn't. <laughs> well, that's another thing I really admire about uh, you, that, Tammy, you always have a great sense of uh, design and style with yeah. everything you do. The way you dress, yeah. the way the studio is decorated, the wallpaper in the studio, the colors you pick, the fabrics you pick, like, it's, I, I don't know, I care for this stuff a lot, because I think, I don't know, I care for the cup I drink my tea in, because it makes me smile, the way it looks. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's shallow for some people, but it cheers me up to see things that are cared for and are in... Uh, it just brings a certain zen, and I exactly. Really like, uh, yeah, nothing shallow about that. That's uh, those are the details that make life better. Yeah, and, and, and I it's apologize for for the bathroom door handle because I know that was like a nightmare getting that fixed. <laughs> you say everything, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, they're not thinking of that bathroom door handle. No, I, I had forgotten actually. <laughs> I, I've, I've replaced that thing like four or five times and I don't know why, like it just kept locking or not unlocking or I have no idea, but it, it's fixed now. It's fixed now. So. Excellent. We can't wait to get back to it. <laughs> I know, me either. I can't wait till we're able to open up again and, you know, the way things are moving, it might be pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to wait you know, maybe not be the first one open up. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm just talking off the top, off the cuff here. But, you know, we want to make sure when we open up, it's when people want to come back. So, yeah, of um, that was yesterday. What was it? I, I want to make sure <laughs> I don't open up and like two people, you know, want to come and, you know, take a lesson or feel safe coming and taking a lesson. So, you know, we're going to do our best to open safely, um, you know, when they allow. I know other dance studios are opening now um, and they shouldn't be. You know, I, I call 311. I call the city. I call the small business um uh, administration for New York yeah for New York and we're still not supposed to be open and I'm like okay. okay there's other dance studios out there so I'm just wondering like where where what am I missing you know when mm -hmm. other places are open up but I I you know I do play by the rules and I think you, know, you need to search for more what they're missing <laughs> maybe missing. Um, maybe but I I, I play by the rules so well, I, I, I I well, I, we appreciate I that. Agree, yeah, like, we appreciate that. You know, we should let other people be the test, the guinea pigs for this, and then see how it goes. And then, if you know, it seems to be working. Well, and also through all this, both you and Charlie have been. I want to mention that too, because I want everyone to know, like how supportive you've been of the artists that work for you. You guys immediately turned your website around and like got us all together do you, if anybody wants to start doing stuff online we're gonna just promote it if anybody wants to donate money to the studio we're gonna ask them to donate it to the teachers and that you guys been extremely careful with what will be safe 
and that's been your priority rather than the green stuff. Right. And well, <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are the priority, you know, and, and thank you for thank you for doing a shout out. Um, but, you know, I mean, you guys are important and we want to keep you guys safe. You know, we don't want you guys to, you know, lose your apartments or anything like that. But we want to make sure, you know, that we do what's best for for everybody in any way we can help keep everyone afloat. You know, we'll continue, you know, we'll continue to do that, you know, to, to where, you know, we can keep the business and, you know, everyone else uh, afloat, hopefully. Hopefully. So you guys have been around for a long time and you've absorbed several studios over the years. And I'm curious, um, you know, what, what that was like and what the experience was like and uh, how you were able to adjust. Because as you mentioned, the space isn't extremely large. Uh, it's limited square footage, and uh, first you absorbed like Empire Dance, but that wasn't necessarily a very large school. Uh, but you did take on Frankie's program, which is huge, and then us. And right. I don't remember if anybody else came over from that. And then, but Frankie himself is like an institution. And then you, um, I know Dance Manhattan was another big one. And um, is there anybody else over the years that that has come in? Um, I really. Probably just you two. I mean, there was a point when um, uh, stepping out years ago was um, up for sale. And um, the owners had approached us uh, asking if Charlie and I wanted to take over stepping out. Um, and we considered it, but it ended up just not working out at the time so that could have been something else you know mm -hmm. be it you know it, it probably would have meant a change of space you know and a total total change but it ended up not working for you know maybe the aesthetic that we wanted or um you know just what i was willing the time, maybe, you know, the time I was willing to put in or the changes I was willing to make, you know, every now and then I'm, I don't want to make as many changes, you know, maybe as, as I could have, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't, it just didn't work out at that time, but it's, it's tough. I mean, with Reba, it was easy because she came to us, she started a program with us and then she left to open up her own studio. So we had always, you know, stayed in touch. So we always had a good relationship. I mean, Charlie and I had a good relationship with the owners of Stepping Out as well. And even with Dance Manhattan, um, I'm, if anyone out there has taken uh, West Coast Swing before, even though they were a competitor, Teddy used to come and teach West Coast Swing, like workshops or wow. party lessons and stuff like that. So we were always looking to work with everybody. We were never mm -hmm. looking to be solo. And that's one, one thing that Charlie and I always wanted to do, but none of the other dance studios really wanted to be on board, was okay. we wanted to get a coalition together so that all dance studios work together. Um, you know, not for, maybe not for students or whatever, but maybe everyone puts together, you know, a package for advertising dance in New York City itself. 
right. you know, because these things are too much for just one studio to yeah, handle. But course. if everyone pitched in, everyone could just say, you know, put up flyers or posters or a billboard. You know, dancing is great. Visit these locations. Learn how to do it. You know, become popular. Become cool. You know, and the whatever happens. Sex or the same sex. No, no one was interested in it. You know, people felt. You know, I mean, maybe a little threatened. They didn't know us. They didn't know, you know, are we after your business? You know, where mm -hmm. I think we really just wanted to try to engage everybody, all the owners, to get into a conversation. Yeah, you um, wanted to grow the okay. dance culture. Right. And um, unfortunately, even if we went by to do it today, it would not work today either. People are, um, I mean, in New York City, you know students go to a million other studios. You know mm -hmm. each studio offers something different. And mm -hmm. you, can, I can't fulfill, you know, things for one person where I may be able to fulfill it for another. So it's, it's kind of naive to think that your students are only going to stay with you and never experience another dance studio. So why don't well, we business. just all say... You know, you know, this is why yeah. all the restaurants are on one street or all the jewelers are in one area. You know, business brings business. A long time ago, my friend, who she still owns this coffee shop, but she owns a small coffee shop back home and across the street opened a caribou. And I remember I was very young at the time and, and I thought, oh my God, that's going to destroy our business. And my dad was like, well, now everybody that goes to that coffee shop is going to look over here and see our coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, you know, like, the more dance studios that are out there promoting dance is going to benefit every dance studio. And, um, and that's why I'm, right. I'm, I'm and scared if, now that cause several have closed over the last six months and that's not good for dance culture in general. Well, you may see some of them opening up again, mm -hmm. um, but it's hard to keep, you know, it, it's a, it's a money situation, especially if you have um, a lease that is coming due, who's going to sign a new lease during COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, when you don't know when you're going to open up or how things are going to open up or, you know, what's happening. And again, we all thought, you know, we all thought this was going to maybe be two weeks or a month that we would, you know, that we would not be working, yeah. um, right. which is really right. not not that much of a big deal. Then when one month came to two months, came to three months and you just didn't see it ending. Um you know, people had to make really, really tough choices. But I think um, some people will be resilient and uh, will open up again. You know, yeah. maybe maybe not their own brick-and-mortar place, maybe renting space elsewhere or something like that, you know, like a Ripley Greer or, or a Pearl or something like that. You know, maybe not their own brick-and-mortar place. But, you know, I think some of these people will come back once it's safe to open up. I think so, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think those me. who maybe wanted to start something but maybe felt there was no space or room are going to jump in as well, you know? Yeah. Well, new opportunities for new blood, new mm -hmm. ideas, yeah. you know, new new conversations. And, hey, maybe, maybe in the future people may be willing to work together. Um and not, you know, talk bad about each other or not want to, you know, talk to somebody who owns another studio. You know, to me, I, t I talk to 
talk to everybody. You know, anybody who wants to talk to me, I'll talk to. <laughs> <laughs> like us tonight. That's it. I love being here. This is so awesome. I love it. Well, that's something awesome. similar to what we were doing in the back channels through Facebook Messenger with a lot of the tango organizers, DJs, professionals, whatever you want to call them. Um, in terms of like in the beginning, like how do we, you know, get better help, local help financially? What's everybody doing? What's the game plan? Um, the tango community, at least the professionals for the most part, have kind of really come together. And I don't think most people know this because it's private, but it's been really inspiring to see just helping send, sending information. Oh, here's a link for a dance grant. Here's a link for this. Mm -hmm. At this opportunity here, I want to share it. I mean, it's super helpful. I know in Argentina they're doing, uh, they've started a nonprofit because they're not getting any help financially from the government. Um, but I think all of those things, like what you're advocating about just the dance community in general coming together can be really useful and helpful. And hopefully we'll have a little bit more um, awareness of that need after all this, you know. Hello, Marcelo. No, I hope so. Hello, hello. Hello. Marcelo. Oh, my lawyer is here. I am here. Don't worry, you're protected. Don't worry. <laughs> it's an inside Hi, joke. Nice Tammy. to meet you, toddler. It's funny whether it's inside or outside. <laughs> so, so Tammy, so, um, you're you're going by Tobler here on online. You know, I went, I, that... yeah, I put, I put in Tobler, I put in Tammy and it wouldn't take it. It kept changing it to TM3 or something. So I just put something different. I have no okay. idea why. <laughs> okay. There's a story behind that. One day over a gl glass of wine and, you know, some vegan and, cheese at Tango a, Cafe. And... Well, so, well, I'll tell you the story. <laughs> and a matching stapler. Okay. I'll be there. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I made a uh, so. I made a special I a avatar for tonight. I'm gonna call in from it. Really? What is that? What do you mean you uh -oh. call from it? Here it comes. See it? See it? <laughs> what do you mean? Don't you see, Chico? Oh yes. Troilo. <laughs> it's Troilo. Oh, oh I was trying. I didn't know what that was. Cool. Strollo in the bathroom. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Strollo right, being a crybaby. So, so tell me, tell question. us, like, Sorry. maybe in the things that people may not know about that are the... Ch what's the most challenging thing about running a studio in New York that we may not be aware of? Um, Fixing door handles. <laughs> fixing door handles that's it um you know out of all the people uh i, I guess making people happy uh with, with limited space and by people i mean I, I mean i have a great relationship with you know everyone who works you know who works with the studio mm -hmm. but sometimes you know you have to say no or you have to make decisions i mean I, I guess making the making the hard decisions and telling people no that's the hardest thing mm -hmm. like no i can't put your program mm -hmm. on right okay. now because mm -hmm. it's not feasible um 
so I, I think saying no <laughs> that's yeah. that's the hardest that's the hardest thing. From, yeah, from because you're so nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If Charlie were on this conversation, he might have something else to say. Tommy, oh, I now I know who you are because you know totally who I am, Marcello. Yeah, yeah. I told do know. Ah, now I know you. She is awesome. You know that, and I, I need to tell the story because it's it's something beautiful that that long time without see that I asked Tommy a letter for ask, asking opening my bank account. So generally I'm used to have a letter that is printed, right? Word, print, boom, done. She was so kind to write a letter by hand. <laughs> and, wow. and, and she has I a beautiful writing. She right? does. And, and when she did I it with a quill it, pen. And it was so <laughs> nice. I mean, we, I, I, it, I don't know, 20 years ago, I saw the last letter by hand. And then when Tommy t- gave me that letter, I was like, oh, I almost cry. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I think it's more personal. And I always feel like anyone can, you know, Damn print it. out a letter from the computer. And you never know who it's from. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, I always think a handwritten letter is is best. And Charlie yells at me all the time, just just type it up on the computer and print it out. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna write it with the date. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and seal it with wax. Well, I I, I don't go that far, and with I don't own a quill pen. Yes. Yes. That's what we do. Send us the sample us letter, the letter you whatever want us you to want. Write, to quote unquote, write, <laughs> and I'll sign it. <laughs> yes. You know, maybe I'll do that from now on. But I like the handwritten <laughs> touch. <laughs> I, I love writing letters of recommendation. I love that. I love making up stories for Marcelo. They, I love your letters, but they are so long and so like a, a tiny book. <laughs> a novella. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Is it hundred pages? I knew Chico was gonna say something about that. <laughs> uh, it's only hundred pages. It's a recommendation letter, Marcelo. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a ploy so they don't read the whole thing. They get bored and they just say, "Oh, forget it, pass it." You know? <laughs> it's a trick. It's a trick. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Hello, everybody, which is in the chat. So thank you for being here. So I did, Tommy, you know, Marcella, you know Marcella Marcella I'm reading is... Harry Potter in Spanish because I've been learning Spanish, and I, I learned today what your nickname here means. Really? <laughs> what is the nickname? Elves. Ah. Yes, Elves. the duendes. Yeah. What, yeah. what is it? What, what does it mean? Elves. 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 Uh, yeah, the I Tango looked that up elf. the week that he started with I Podbean. I was like, what does that mean? Whatever. They don't name number the chapters in Harry Potter, but I was reading a chapter today, and they're talking about the Wendy's, and I was like, wait a minute, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chico, do you have more questions? Are we on? Are I want to talk five? about Tango with Tammy. Okay. We're definitely. Uh, past five probably um but i wanna you mean you're not numbering them <laughs> no 
We have a countdown from someone, but we haven't played it yet. Okay, I'll give you a live one. What number is this? Uh, Let's say it's number seven. Number five. Okay. And now, question number seven. <laughs> I'm ready for question number seven. I'm ready. All right. All right. What was, well, well, you've done some tango, Argentine tango, over the mm -hmm. years, right? Not a lot. Not a but, lot, a little uh, bit. But with your experience, and you've been dancing for such a long time, if you were to compare, even from like seeing the parties, like what do you think is different between swing and tango world, besides, of course, the music and the way it's danced, in the essence of the dances, what do you find mm -hmm. the differences or similarities? And remember, this is a tango um, program, so be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been doing really oh, well. Oh, Adam, you know me so well. <laughs> just say it. I mean, just say it. Um, just be honest, I, but be nice. <laughs> the, the swing community is more forgiving hmm. um, for newer dancers. Yeah. I would agree. Um, I remember I, I did start to learn tango a, a number of years ago. Um, and it's only been the last couple of years that I've started to kind of appreciate the music. And it was really for me, I mean, and I own the studio, you know, and I get this and people can poo poo me if they want. I didn't get the music. I didn't fall in love with the music. So of it, was course. Never, it was never anything I really wanted to learn because I just felt it was so um, for foreign, me, to, not as upbeat. And to me, swing spoke to me because I, you know, I love to laugh. I love to smile. I mean, I love a lot of other different things and I do like tango, but I can remember going to the frying pan a mm -hmm. few times, <laughs> a number of times. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, you mean the uh, at the at the pier? At yeah, the pier. The yeah. So sometimes I would teach like a salsa lesson there, and then I would stay for the you know the tango because they had tango and salsa um, for a while. And I remember, I, I don't know, the whole summer I would hang out there. Not one dance the whole summer. Like, I would say, well, I'm just beginning. Like, I'm a beginner. No one would dance with me the whole summer. So then I, I just kind of gave up on it. Nothing against all the tango people. Don't, don't send me hate mail or anything like that. <laughs> that was, and other people have experiences and other dances yeah. that I haven't experienced. That was just my experience. Um, yeah. So I think swing is more like. Oh, you don't know how to do the basic step? Come on, let me show you. It doesn't matter. It's all about yeah. having fun. So that was my draw to um, a swing. Although I, you know, I love the Latin dances as well. I, I like everything, you know, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, but that, but that was why I never really continued on with it. You know, I love to look at to look at people dance Argentine tango. Um, it, it, it was just hard to be a part of the community 
-hmm. And people do come and tell me that. And I just tell people, you know what, stick it out. But you have to go out there and you just have to talk to people. I said, Mm -hmm. the friendlier you are, the friendlier that you are to people, then they'll, you know, they'll be drawn to you. If you just sit there and wait for someone to ask you to dance, you know, from what I've learned is that um, it's not going to happen. You have to get out there and just you have to barrel forward and just talk to people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the big thing to where I think, like I said, swing is just a little more forgiving when people are beginners. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, absolutely. That's no secret in the tango. No, I don't think any one person Anybody would agree with that. tried that dance tango would disagree with that statement. Yeah, and I was, remember... Uh, exactly. Go, go At the same ahead, time, I'm... I think at the same time, I think you know, that, as, as you mentioned to me, more, more you are friendly, more you talk with people, more we are the people in tango look at you. Because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, no, no, kidding. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you know, my experience with when I went the first time to dance a uh, swing in, in Glen Echo there in, 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 in D.C., uh, I just did the introduction, and then we went dancing. Immediately was the dancing, right? So I was just hanging out in a, in a corner, thinking more or less to figure out what to do. And then a lady right. came and said, do you dance? And I said, no, okay, and hugged me and mm-hmm. just threw me to the dance floor. No, 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 no time for that. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> she said, no, let's do it. Okay. So she started to dance, and she was so into the music. She was dancing. And almost that by herself, but just hung in my hand. So I tried to follow her, and she was having a blast, just dancing, dancing, dancing. And then the song finished. Thank you, and she left. Mm-hmm. And I was there in the middle of the dance floor, like thinking, "What just happened?" I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, there's but so it's many... so true. They are so welcoming. Like even when we go through the Thursday nights during Frim Fram, we're in the middle of teaching. I run upstairs to grab something, and I have to go through the swing room. I can see like people looking at me like if they can grab me for a dance, like anyone's available, like they'll go for it. And it's only one song commitment. So I think yeah, people that's are what I was also gonna say. That's a big difference cause way more. You're not so close, you know, you're not body to body. And then you're not there for like 10, 12 minutes. I mean, I feel like Tango would have a much, there's something really special about that custom. But at the same time, I feel like Tango would have a much, might even have a, broader audience and many many more dancers if, if it was one song at a time like all the other dances <laughs> why don't you start that like, start that trend yeah start, start it now i was, go- I was gonna say beginner nights where it's like one or two songs at tanda just call it the Four call songs. it the one two call it the one tune tongue tanda <laughs> one tune tanda you're in you're out that's it yeah in this time that this time that the of the of, of everything is so fast and, and internet for for songs is like a long-term relationship <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. you know what Why do, you guys can always change the scene and you know sure. what maybe you'll yeah. get a whole new group of people saying okay you know thank you for the dance you know we'll do the next one as a beginner um and some smaller communities do that and have three yeah, I mean, even even have two dances, but for someone just beginning, it's really tough if you just know, you know, a few basic steps 
to dance three dances with somebody. Exactly. I mean, it's Even, really tough. Well, and Tammy, this you, is funny. You can, you can tango, start to change, baby. You can start to yeah, change. Well, here, I, I'm all is, for it. I'm, I'll back yeah, you up 100%. Yeah. Here's something funny about <laughs> tango. In tango, you have to yeah. teach people not to say thank you until the end of the set. Because normally people say thank you at the end of the song because that's polite. But in tango, it's rude to say thank you at the end of the song because that means you're done. <laughs> and then it can be taken as an offense because you didn't finish the set. So we've had be experience teaching beginners where, you know, we forgot to mention that and somebody went dancing that night and the next day they came back and they're like, you never told me the thank you rule. And we were like, oh, yeah, we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a totally different language, you know. <laughs> Literally. And for me, and for me as a foreigner, it's worse, and I would look at an example of that is, I went to, here in Argentina, we are used to every person that we meet, we say hi, and we, oh, it's a, it's a gentleman, we hold their hands, or it's a lady, I kiss, or we kiss directly, and, and they cheek, right? So I was mm -hmm. in the lesson of, of uh, Lindy Hop, and they could create a big round, so everybody, we dance with everybody. And it was a big lesson. So I, I end up kissing all the, everybody who was coming dancing with me. And, and I went with my girlfriend there, and she was laughing her ass off. You should all kiss people here. You will get to think that you're weird. <laughs> and unlike what uh, Tammy, you were saying, like when you are just learning to dance and like just dancing one song feels like a big commitment. I recall that even with swing, which like was not that difficult to follow coming from tango, but still like after one or two songs, I would feel like I need a break to reset just as a follower. I can't imagine like a leader learning to dance for the first time and then having to commit to four to songs. three dances. Yeah, not you know, even that's three, four usually. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing. And I think um, it, it's really tough if you get... I think there would be more dan people dancing out there if you know um, that you can end it after one one song. If it's not something, you know, if, and I'm going to put this out there if someone smells bad or if someone whatever I mean mm -hmm. you know you can end it and I think yeah. it it makes people stick with one or two partners because of this and I think sometimes people miss miss dancing with other people that they could really enjoy because they don't want to get stuck with someone just in case mm -hmm. of that negative experience yeah so you know, yeah, you know, we should we should have a, you know, a rule, maybe, you know, make a new rule of some sort, maybe to where if you want to end it after one, you know, you I can. I, I don't know how do you, you do that, but I, I think I think that would bring make beginners feel more comfortable, male and female or leaders and followers. Um, and you feel like you can get away if you need to get well, away, you know, and you can feel like you can stay if you want to stay with that person. The one thing that we were talking about we should hire was like getting, you know, Tammy, you and I discussed this, and Stephanie and Chica, like 
how can we integrate the parties more so that there's multiple styles, not not even separate rooms, but like multiple styles of dance in one room so that the communities can come together, but then we can expose people to other dances and I'm bringing small groups to uh, Swing 46 on certain Mondays when Stephanie was teaching to just get them into the beginner classes and, right. and you know and a lot of people who dance tango dance swing it's generally not the other way around but mm -hmm. although well there's some crossover in the other direction too but but um that would also help dance sport used to do that open up that idea that like you know you play a tango because i think doing it at, at a tango event would be abrupt for most people having it just like a one song rule because how do you enforce that? But if you had an event well, that was like, well, we're going to play a tango, then we're going to play a salsa, and then we're going to play a swing. Well, we do have that when we have our our ballroom Matches. room, yeah. you know? Oh, right. So the they, the we do play like one tango because we do have mm -hmm. a mixed room. And when we first opened up, all of our dances were mixed. They were not, except for the Tuesday night swing nights where we had a live band. In the beginning, all of our dances were mixed. If, you know, there were more swing people, we would play more swing music. If there were more tango people, you know, we would kind of judge it by the way, you know, depending on who came. And people could request songs. Didn't mean we'd play the songs if, you know, if we didn't have it. But, you know, people could request songs if they wanted to or styles of dance. Um, but we used to have mixed dances for, for a few years until everyone's kind of was like, no, I just want to do this or I just want to do that. And coming from the ballroom world where you always danced, you know, a salsa, you know, and then maybe a waltz and then maybe a swing. And if you didn't like that song or that style of dance, you just didn't, you know, you sat out, you had a drink, you mm -hmm. chit-chatted well, or whatever. That's actually how the early days of milongas were, in the, like back to the 40s and stuff like that. Like the, the milongas were a mixed event. It wasn't just tango. And then when they kind of got the revival, yeah. they, they focused more on just the one thing. Chico, do you have any yeah, more, does anybody have any more questions before we wrap it up? We've been taking up a lot of Well, I wanted to say one, like, I think it could be interesting to try in the future. Uh, an inspiration from this conversation is that maybe even the first hour of the milonga is like a welcome the beginners hour. And it's one or two tongue, uh, so everybody like is much more open to commit and dance with everybody, and it and then it switches back to whatever we do usually after a certain time. Could be interesting to have an event I, like that where people feel more welcome. It would be nice to hire. I would hire Tammy for 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 us. Coaching in the in the Milonga event because I think that it's nice to have a a, a more objective uh, perspective what what we were doing because it's it is I think that the idea to to mix music first and second reducing the time of the tandas it's really interesting concept because the concept of tanda what how I know this history of tango is really recently. It was not something before like that. It was much shorter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was two, and there was other songs there, other kind of music too. So it's interesting that that idea, and I think that that will help as well to reduce the amount the amount of creepy men in Milonga. I think that that's will, will true. <laughs> that's true too, and it definitely will make more beginners stick with it. Because I mean, 
you know, both Adam, Marcelo, and me, we both started dancing swing around the same time. And I thought it's I was going to say so creepy easy men. To, like, <laughs> it's so easy to break into the community, especially if you're like going out regularly, like you start meeting, you start dancing right away, even after one or two classes. And um, Tammy, one thing that you did mention though, when you were um, saying like, you didn't connect with the music so much because you like happier music. With Swing For Me, the first time I was able to stay for an hour or two, I felt at the end, the feeling I remember was like, okay, this is all too happy for me. I need, I need, a, I need a change of, I need a change of mood. Like I don't, I'm a happy person. I need to be sad. <laughs> I need to be sad in between all this. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm all for mixed dances myself, you know, but when you run a business, you have to, um, you know, you have to go to what, people want, you know, and people don't necessarily, I mean, I would have a rockabilly night. I mean, if it were up to me, I would have a rockabilly night once a month. Um, I mean, I would do some other, so I would do a blues night. I would do, I would do other things, but if the public doesn't want it, you know, it's 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 like an it's an expensive clubhouse just to entertain yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I will totally do it. It's true, but like just play the music that I like. <laughs> I want to ask Joanne if I throw a rockabilly night, will you come? I'm gonna wait for her answer. She will be there. What dance do you do? Do you do swing to rockabilly? Um, it's sort of a version of swing. Balboa? Um, yeah, Joey. No, it's not Balboa. Oh, oh. Uh, it said Balboa, but maybe. No, no, Balboa is um, like fast jazz, so you're not going to dance that to rockabilly. Rockabilly has its own variation um, of swing. But it's the whole uh, shag. No, you're not going to dance shag to it. You're going to dance Carolina shag to beach music. Um, uh, collegiate shag to fast, like 30s, 40s uh, type music or, or some sort of rock and roll. But not really rockabilly. It has its okay. own. It has its own. Uh, has its own animal, but it has an interesting crowd. You know, it's all about you know the dress and. Uh, right, right, right. Not quite boogie woogie either. Do you teach um, shag and Balboa at your school? We teach Balboa. Um, we have a teacher who teaches collegiate shag. We used to teach Carolina shag, um, but the teachers uh, ended up leaving. And then because there was a, we had a high interest in it, then a low interest. We actually, you should be dancing. Actually, had the first Carolina shag. Uh, team perform at the oh, nationals wow. down in uh, down in the Carolinas. You know, we didn't do that well, but we were there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dirty. What kind of a shag is it? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina. Oh, behave, shag. baby. <laughs> okay, I have one last question before we wrap it up, and I want to know where did you get the name of the studio? 
Oh, Charlie and I had gone to breakfast Upper West Side somewhere, and we were thinking, okay, what what's a name? And he was like, Tammy, something other. I said, I don't want it. I don't want it to be my name. I want it something to be fun. I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with my name. And uh, always like the Bee Gees, you know. Mm-hmm. So they should be dancing. I think That's it probably came on. Yes. And I, I and that it came from the song, really. Yeah. And I said because you should be dancing. I said we should all be dancing. I want everyone to dance. They don't have to dance well. They they just have to get out there, have fun, dance something, just do something. So that's where it came from. Came came from the Bee Gees. It took nice, me- and it oh. always makes me want to sing sing that song whenever I say the studio. Now. I never see that's right. I, you know, I didn't get that until like maybe two years ago. I heard that song playing somewhere. Really? So, so stupid. You never heard somewhere. me sing it. I heard that song playing somewhere about like, two years ago, and I was like, oh, I got it now. <laughs> I know. That's surprising. Yeah. That's surprising. Don't underestimate my uh, lack of intelligence, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you just you just weren't paying attention. No, That's it. You're 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 a, a smarty. You're a smarty. <laughs> well, Tim, um, it's been an honor to have you and to work with you all these years, and we can't wait to get back. To yes, it. Um, uh, I'm so happy when we had the last staff meeting that you guys said you're going to push through and, and live to fight another day. So that's great for us and for everybody out there to know that there will most likely be that you should be dancing soon. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're working on oh. it. We're working yeah, on that's, it. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Wow. That's such a nice, yeah, nice, nice new and we really thankful for all of the dancers. That place has some magic there. Mm-hmm. And it's Aww. a pleasure to work with you guys. Yep. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure being on your podcast. And, uh, you know, let's do it again sometime. Well, uh, you know, on, on a snow night. On a snow night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time. Tammy, you're a sweetheart and it's nice to know you and thank you for your uh, major continuous contribution to the New York dance community. You're a and, sweetie. And thank you, Bat, for, for coming in and supporting You Should Be Dancing, of course. Thank you. All right. Everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night Tammy. Good thank night. You. Thank you so much. Good night, Petrol. Good night, man. Thank you, lawyer. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> you know, guys, something that Tammy was saying in, in Berlin, what I know, there is a there is a nightclub that is really famous in Berlin. And every night has a different kind of theme. Like one time is hip-hop, other time is rave, other time is a different kind of themes. And this is... Uh, are really popular in, between young people. So mm-hmm. people of tango, they managed to have a, a, not a night, they don't have a milonga, but yes, to have like a couple of songs during the night of tango and the people who is no tango, they dance. And thanks to that, the people, uh, community tango dancers in, 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 in Berlin, they, they had more people. So mm-hmm. what yeah. Tammy was saying is really smart. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. it's just the, <laughs> the crowd here in New York. I mean, the, no, I don't want to, I how do I put this? 
Like when we play a salsa or two, we get complaints. Yeah, but I think that uh, if but, you but that uh, that used to be the through. that used to be the New York community. Every milonga they used to have a swing break, a hustle break, or a salsa break. Every milonga. And also, and then it just yeah. stopped. Also, if you, yeah. Or chacareras. Remember chacarera times? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. An event that people know ahead of time what it's going to be like. They're going to be more open to it. So, if, of course, if you have a milonga and then you start doing other things, it's going to upset people. But, you know, Chico and I, we've already experienced this when we have ghetto tangos out in Newark or we have different crazy theme nights. <laughs> you know, if, if we started to change the culture little by little, it would. Yeah. I, I, I think more people would be okay with it if they knew they were allowed to be okay with it instead of to get, they get upset, you know? like. Or yeah. they get yeah. used to, they have to get used yeah, to yeah. it. Like, uh, I really do like the idea of, like, early part of the night also being, like, less songs, which we've done three songs and stuff, but I've never really thought about, like, one song or two song mm -hmm. tandas, like, one song and change partners. That would really be amazing for beginners. Like, just thinking about the days I started dancing, I would, like, beginner lesson would be at... 7 p.m., then you'd wait till 10 p.m. Yeah. And then you'd go and you'd sit and watch and dance very little. And because you're not fully immersed um, in this dance yet, you probably leave earlier in the night anyway. Um, yeah. That could be a really cool change as well, I think. Or you could build it as a, a one-tune tanda for the first, like, hour or so for beginners. That's what I said. Where were oh, you? Oh, I got an idea. No. I got an idea. <laughs> one. Play. How about one we song. in the first hour? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> no, but you didn't, you didn't say just one, one-tune tanda, did you? Yeah, I did. I exactly said what you said, <laughs> and I said it half an hour ago, and then I said it again now. Well, we'll just keep talking about it to make sure everybody gets. To but you know, Bat, your drinking problem. <laughs> I need it. I need a drink. <laughs> All right, guys. I do. Thank you. Oh, what what do you want to say, Marcella? I wanted to say that I, I think that the tango that we we remember about the milongas and and uh, how the milonga was established, I don't think that will come back. I think that seriously many people will do a new way of uh, organizing an event of tango or less time or more faster than that. So something to, because the community needs new, new people. We need We're new people to attract new people. Need we need to do something new. True. We're not gonna need to yeah. grow fast. Well, I wanna, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Uh, last night, like I said, I passed by Renee's birthday party. And it was just people sitting, eating dinner, listening to a singer play. Um, but the energy was higher than I've ever experienced at a milonga in years. Um, I think when this is over, the energy and the people that... Not everybody's going to come back. Some people will still be scared. Um, some people might have moved on, but... The enthusiasm for the rest of us is going to be bananas for the next, you know, couple of years. I think. Yeah. So, I'm not saying we don't need new people, and when we definitely want to cultivate new ways to do that, and I'm all for like new ideas. But 
just that little, I was only there for about 10 minutes last night. I just popped by to say happy birthday to Renee. But, man, I tell you, the people were, the energy was, wow, it was crazy. It was just like, it was mm-hmm. nice. Everybody was super Excellent. psyched to just be together and listening to tango and, and seeing friends' faces and getting things back to the way they were. So, Excellent. Really cool. Yeah. So, is there okay, folks, happening I'm gonna... in Argentina, Marcelo? Are you guys uh, leaving the house and stuff or anything like that? No, no, no. Here are the things uh, artistic-wise or entertaining is not going to be until next year for sure because the the cases are going up mm. and the health system is start to get compromise. This is one reason. And second reason, uh, the economy needs uh, it needs another kind of input impulse right now the, the artist is nice is create some economy at the same time what i noticing is that the people are more focusing about production consumption and with things that make the economy go faster mm. if that makes sense what i'm just saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay folks i'm gonna bid you adieu bon nuit have a great night and great to hear you all again. You too, Bat. Bon nuit, yes. my friend. Bon nuit. Bon nuit. And, uh, bon nuit, Good night to... Bon nuit, mon ami. Good night to everybody. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for listening. Good night. Oh, one more thing. Adam, you missed a hell of a game. Where the... Oh, Toronto and the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was checking on my phone. Yeah, man. Phone. It play, play okay. Really, really exciting. Yeah. Okay, folks. Love you, love you, love you all. Love you too, Love you too. Everybody have a great night. We see okay, each man. other. We, we see each other next Monday, guys, right? Yes. So we yes. Monday in the Tango Virtual Encuentro. Virtual yes. Tango Encuentro, oh 8 God, p.m. Monday. Um, if you listen, yes, guys, listen to two hours and 22 minutes into this podcast, you will get the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> we are so bad. Come on. That's, that's some commitment. Okay. <laughs> we need committed people. So that's good. There you are. All right. All right Thank you guys. Thank you, Marcelo. Thank you, Chico. Thank you, Tammy. You Thank too. you, Maxfield. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Adam. Bye. Good night, everybody. Good night. night. Bye.